Hello everyone, 7 Investing CEO Simon Erickson here, and thank you for listening to the 7 Investing Podcast. Our podcast is made possible by our subscribers, who allow us to empower you to invest in your future each and every month. In exchange, we give our subscribers exclusive access to our monthly stock market recommendations from each of our lead advisors. To support this podcast and join other 7 Investing fans in our exclusive Subscribers Forum, where we discuss the latest market moves in real time, go to 7investing.com slash subscribe to subscribe to 7investing today. We're here to empower you to invest in your future. We are 7investing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 7 Investing Podcast. I'm your host today, JT Street, and I am joined by 7 Investing founder and CEO Simon Erickson as we dive into another podcast about our summer stock challenge, growth versus income. Simon, how are you today? Pretty good, JT. Kind of excited to talk about the other side of the platform uh, this, this morning. You know, last week we talked about a digital advertising programmatic company and then a rocket launcher you know those putting satellites in outer space today we're going to talk about something much simpler though that's right we're going to start our morning with pizza and coffee as <laughs> domino's pizza takes on starbucks in the first income matchup i i posted that as a joke this morning and actually it turns out that one of our tech guys is having cold pizza and coffee this morning for breakfast <laughs> sounds about right 8 a.m time to get started with coffee and pizza what better way to start the day have you done it? Have you have you had the coffee and breakfast uh, pizza combo? Uh, coffee is a staple of my diet, no matter what time of day it is. Cold pizza for breakfast, I haven't had in quite a while, though I'm sure I've done it at some point in my life. Okay, okay, I, I've had it fairly recently. I, you know, start the day off nice and easy, right out of the fridge. <laughs> not bad. It's not fair bad. enough. So before we get into that, I want to recap. A little bit of last week and get into how we got here, uh, especially because we did our, our free for all over the weekend and, and that just closed. And as we predicted, uh, Tesla held off against Snowflake, the trade desk and Mercado Libre to take our, our title as the top growth stock. Although I will say the the split on that was a lot closer than a lot of people thought it was going to be. Tesla wound up with 30.6% of the vote. Uh, Mercado Libre was the closest challenger with just under 28% of the vote. Less than three points separating the two there. I, I think that says something for uh, Mercado Libre and how the level of excitement is for that company right now, uh, where it is. What, what's your takeaway from that, Simon? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, all this is uh, is this point in time, right? Like, you know, we're not saying that any company is necessarily the best uh, in terms of just the, the company, but which is the best investment for the next five years. And I think that that kind of frames it nicely. Tesla, fantastic business, but my goodness, what a what a spike we've seen from that stock this this year as we've embraced, you know, Cybertruck now coming out of the Texas facilities, um, all of the enthusiasm about Elon Musk and everything that he's that he's accomplished. I think that Tesla is a fantastic company, but I think that, in my opinion, Mercado Libre w was the best of the four. But hey, show goes on, JT. Tesla's going to be in the final representing the growth side of the bracket. That's right. So let's see who we can get to uh, face off against Tesla as we break down Domino's Pizza and Starbucks to start our income round. Uh, take us through, first of all, Simon, 
we, we broke these down growth versus income. So I want to talk a little bit about dividends here. And, and maybe we can start framing the discussion around these two income stocks, around their dividends to start. Uh, because analysis for that is a little bit different than when you're doing growth stocks. You have to factor that in. You have to factor in the consistency of dividends and then what the percentage is of, of the share price, uh, you know, when you're looking at that kind of thing. And one of the, in your breakdown that I read this morning, Starbucks has remarkable consistency with its dividend, even in the situation where very recently going through the COVID scare, people were shutting down. It hurt retail businesses very hard. It hurt service businesses like Starbucks very hard. Uh, they still pushed a dividend through to their shareholders, even through all of that, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, thir 13 years of consecutive dividends, including like you just mentioned, JT, those tough, tough couple of quarters and years during COVID. But it's interesting because we, we some, sometimes dividend and uh, and growth stocks get separated in the buckets of our mind of, you know, are you a dividend investor? Or are you a growth investor? The reality is investing is a continuum, right? And a dividend is actually a responsible use of capital allocation by, by a management management team that just says, you know, we've got a really great brand. We are opening at a responsible pace, new stores as Starbucks has been doing. We are getting the most we can out of those. We're not just going to go um, open stores for the for the sake of opening as many as we possibly can. We say there's a controlled growth that we can have out here. And if you can't get an internal rate of return above a certain benchmark that you have internally, right? You, you want to make sure you're capturing enough profitability of them. You say, we've got extra capital left at the end. We've got, we've got cash that we're making organically. What should we do with that? Rather than just let it sit in the bank or sit on the balance sheet, let's share it out with our investors and give them an even higher return in excess of what our stock is appreciating it. And so dividends are a great way to, you know, not only uh, get some extra cash in your pocket every quarter, but reinvest them back into the stock, buy more shares and compound that over time. And so last week, like we were talking about companies like Rocket Lab and Tesla and the Trade Desk, you know, all of those companies were plowing it right back into growing their business. This week, we're going to be framing a little bit differently, which companies are still growing at a nice clip, but they're also committed to sharing it with shareholders uh, through income, you know, through, through dividend checks each, each quarter every year. So when you're looking at Starbucks, which has had 52 consecutive quarters of a dividend, uh, in, in terms of raw numbers, I believe Starbucks's dividend is higher than Domino's Pizza's uh, dividend. I think Starbucks is like 2% and Domino's is like 1.15. I, I mean, when you're reviewing income companies, I'm, I'm sure it's not as easy as just taking the the tab that says, you know, percentage of, of dividend and, and sorting top to bottom, right? I mean, there's there's more to look at there than just who's got the highest percentage dividend each quarter. Yeah, that's right. One of the most important things about a dividend is, is recurring revenue and consistency. You know, you want a company that's got plenty of profits. Uh, it's dependable. You're not going to kind of see a dividend get cut and surprise everybody. That's the worst case scenario. And so that's why a company like Starbucks, whose just operation is is incredible, um, is, is the perfect dividend paying kind of company. They've now got 34,000 and change locations all across the world. They own about half of them directly. And then the other half are licensed stores. Now that's where you see a Starbucks in a bookstore and a Target, you know, in an airport. There's probably already a location that gets a lot of traffic. And Starbucks just wants to have a, a you know a footprint in those places. 
they own all the operations, they own the, the land for the company owned stores, but then they also want to give an opportunity to their licensed stores to make plenty of money off of selling their products. And so those licensed locations, they pay a 7% royalty back to the parent company, then another 1% for kind of the national marketing and advertising. And this just provides a very stable, very steady income stream for Starbucks. Um, they're in the middle of what they're calling a reinvention plan over the next three years. Um, JT, would you like to guess what percentage of Starbucks's orders are customized that are not straight off of what the menu shows? Oh gosh, it's it's got to be over fifty percent because every every time I go into a Starbucks, everyone has everyone has something to say about their order. You can't just order off the menu. You got to add a shot of something or like. Uh, I'm going to go 75%. You are wise. You know this better. I, I assumed it was a lot lower and you're right. Actually, it's about two thirds. About, about Is 66%. it really? Yeah, two, okay. Two, two out of every three orders has got something customized off of what the menu shows. And of course, when you do that, you've got to train your, your sales for, or your, uh, excuse me, your baristas and uh, you know, the people that are working there, you've got to have some, sometimes some, some equipment, some machinery to, to take that into account. And so Starbucks is investing $450 million in North America, retrofitting existing stores, but then also adding 2,000 new locations. They also own more than 5,000 locations in China, JT. They own all of the stores that they have in China. They put kind of tight controls into efficiencies and making sure that they're getting the most out of that country, which has really embraced Starbucks. And they're looking to increase their store count in China by about 13% every year through 2025. So not only a domestic story, not only just more, more and more Starbucks here in the U.S., you see that they've really cracked the code quite well in China. Um, we saw some potential competitors years ago, Luckin Coffee, you know, some others that kind of have left a bad residual taste in an investor's mouth um, through through various reasons. But Starbucks is a uh, it always claims it's not just a coffee company; it's a people company. There's a lot of training. There's a lot of you know efficiency of getting as many people through these stores as quickly as you can and maximizing that user experience not just a US-based phenomena. This is something that translates globally. Well, then on the other side, Starbucks is taking on a company that's not just a pizza company, it's a tech company, right? I mean, Domino's is so much more than fast pizzas in under 30 minutes. Uh, I don't even know if they still do that anymore. I, it, it's now fast pizzas wherever you are, right? They've, they've transferred to that. You don't even need an address anymore to order a Domino's pizza. They, they will ping off your phone and bring it to you from the beach to the mountaintops, I guess. I don't know. Wherever you need a pizza, uh, they'll take care of you, right? It, that's the, the crux of the investing thesis for Domino's is that it's not just cheap pizza. It's cheap pizza that's really easy to get. That, that is the crux of it. You know, JT, that's right. About 75% of its orders are now coming from digital means, right? And ordering right in the app, you can pick it up through a, through a carryout if you want. You can have it delivered. Domino's does a franchise model for almost all of its locations. A little bit different than the Starbucks license concept because they're specifying, you know, this is your delivery zone. They're a little bit uh, more specific about the operations uh, that their that their franchises are doing, but it's the same general idea. You know, make this as efficient as you possibly can. Make sure you can get your pizzas in you know thirty minutes. I think they've really done a lot of work in recent years on rebranding Domino's. It's not just cheap pizza that's convenient anymore. They redid the recipe. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of their competitors, whether it's Papa John's, whether it's Pizza Hut, kind, kind of stumble in the last couple of years. Uh, not only with leadership 
but also with kind of the operating efficiencies. Domino's, that's an opportunity for them. They're now the world's largest pizza chain. Um, they're, they're capturing a 5.5% royalty uh, for, um, for operating the franchise and then another 6% on top of that for the marketing. And it's just kind of this, this steady cash stream that they pay out as a dividend. Uh, the $4.51 dividend per share is up 113% over these last five years. Domino's has very responsibly put more cash into your pocket each and every quarter and aggressively increase that dividend because that's something that investors in this company want to see. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's interesting to me to try and evaluate these companies because you're looking at companies where is is the ceiling in here on both of these? I mean, ha, like you said, we're running out of street corners for Starbucks at this point, right? There's a Starbucks, the, the old joke about there's a Starbucks across the street from a Starbucks, like we're getting there, uh, you know, in some cases, if we're not there already. Uh, meanwhile, Domino's, they're already the nation's top uh, pizza chain, both global, you know, I, I believe, right? Domino's is, is international as well. So, so as someone who tends to look at things with like, hey, where do they go from here? How do they stay positive from here? Is, is all of that to, to pardon the pizza pun baked in at this point? Or do they have uh, more of a runway? They're still going to perk up even further, JT, to continue <laughs> the, the pun, the coffee side of it. Um, you know, both are looking for more international growth. Domino's has a separate organization that handles some markets, even though it's still really popular in India. It's still really popular in Europe, a bunch of different places. There's still really plenty of room for growth uh, for both of these. And they've outlined them kind of in their strategic growth plans. But, you know, you're paying from the terms of valuation, you're paying about 30 times earnings for Domino's, about 32 times for Starbucks. Similarly valued. Um, Domino's has shown some weakness recently in its uh, delivery business. Carryout was fine, international was fine, but uh, consumers are a little bit more price sensitive on the delivery side. And, and they just opened up a new partnership with Uber Eats here in North America to add that as a menu item, adding their Domino's pizza to the, the items covered by Uber. And I think that, you know, when you, when you look at this, this is just, if you're looking to, to buy and hold as investments, these are two fantastic companies to do so. I mean, even through COVID, even through some inflation that has hit both of these businesses, uh, Domino's is up 44% over the last five years. Starbucks is up 118%. They're both raising their dividends. They both have very shareholder-friendly management teams. Um, these aren't the sexiest growth companies like we saw on the other side of the bracket and a lot of those. But you really, it, it's hard to go wrong with either of them. Consumer-facing brand that are just doing right for investors. Really excited to feature both of these as potential opportunities. 
I want to bring in a tweet here from uh, one of our advisors, Luke Hallard, uh, has gotten in here this morning or evening uh, London time and said that he, he just clicked dominoes in the sure conviction that this was the correct answer and then immediately realized, I, this is Luke talking, uh, actually owns Starbucks and not Domino's. He says, no cognitive dissonance. I now realize I need to sort this out. So we're we're befuddling uh, even our advisors here with this. Uh, so I guess Luke's got some more research to do. But honestly, that is why we're doing this, right? Because you might get, give yourself an answer in these polls that is not in line with your portfolio. You say, well, wait a minute. If I like... If like Luke here, I like Domino's better than Starbucks, but I own Starbucks. Why do I have Starbucks in my portfolio when I can have Domino's? So for, for people who are asking, why are we doing this? It, it, these kinds of questions that you ask yourself when we have these polls can really impact what you do in your portfolio allocation. Yeah. And, and JT, these are both, you know, well-known companies, right? Consumer facing brands, but Perhaps if you only remember one thing from, from this podcast discussion, uh, let, let's focus on this part, which is that these are cash flow generating machines and they're translating that directly into dividend payments for you as an investor. So, so two final numbers here. The first for Starbucks, 7% of every dollar spent at Starbucks last year got paid right back out to investors as a dividend. 6.7% percent of total revenue is what translated directly into the dividend. So almost seven cents of every dollar is going right back of every cup of coffee that's ordered, going right back to dividends. That's incredible. You think about how efficient this machine is, how quickly it falls to the bottom line. And then the other one is Domino's. Domino's has a 56% return on invested capital. That's an efficiency of how well it uses the money that it puts into the business. And because it's franchised, uh, you know, where so many of the franchises are handling all of the operations, all the hiring, all of the locations in the real estate. It's very efficient. 56% return on invested capital for Domino's is higher than Tesla, is higher than Alphabet, is higher than uh, meta platforms. And so even though there's all these tech companies, you think a software is super efficient, pizza is super efficient if you do it right. Domino's is doing right for its own shareholders and paying it out as dividends as well. There you go. And all those tech guys are eating pizza. So it all works out. <laughs> That's right. Good so, too, right? so let's let's get down to it, Simon, here. Before we started, you said, oh, this was this is an easy one for me. I was like, all right, save it. Save it for the cast. Uh, so let's let's dive into it. What is are you going coffee or are you going pizza here? What's what's your breakfast? It is um these are both great companies, right? We, we made it a point for every company we put in this bracket. There's, there's no red herrings. There's no bad picks in, in all of these. We pick the best of the best. But in my opinion, this is an easy decision. Uh, this is Domino's is the better of the two right now. Just you look at the hit that it's taken because of uh, short-term inflation related things, you know, the price of fuel going up, the price of its ingredients and its supply chain going up, but still the efficiency improvements it's making from the digital channels we talked about yesterday. And on top of that, these 29 million um, loyalty members that they have that just keep buying more and more pizzas, myself included, for, for people that, that just, it's so easy. Um, Domino's is, is short-term uh, selling at a, at a discount to its traditional valuations, and it's continuing to just churn out earnings per share growth each and every year. Perfect mix for, uh, for investors. Starbucks is doing the same thing, but I'm, I'm taking advantage of the, uh, the underperformance in recent years because I think Domino's is going to get it right back 
and still be around for several years to come. I'm voting Domino's in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, you look at, at where Domino's is now versus where they were at the height of the pandemic. Uh, I mean, obviously, lots of people have dropped since then, but you're still roughly looking at like half of where they were. And then even even after this recent spike, which is a pretty large one, uh, it's still below where it was three years ago. So if you think the future of the company is bright, then you've kind of got a nice nice runway in terms of just, you know, where you have to go in the ticker too. Plus you're getting paid out quarterly in a dividend too. That's that's compelling. That's compelling. I, I honestly had no idea which direction I was going to go before we started this, but after looking at that and, you know, I've, I've watched Domino's as we've talked about it over the years and going, God, I just, it's so expensive. I just, I just need a nice entry point. And I guess I missed it, but maybe not because it looks like it's still pretty good. So I'm going to lean that way too. I'm going to say DPZ for, for my vote this, uh, this week and we'll see how we go. That might be the kiss of death. I think we picked the loser, uh, in every one of these last week. So, uh, sorry, Domino's. We're going with you. If you want to see where we've gone in this matchup, you can go to seveninvesting.com slash growth vs income. That's growth versus income. You can also follow us on Twitter at seven investing. Uh, we're posting each of these matchups, each of these polls every day, voting on them. We're going to go through the income bracket this week. We're going to have another free for all towards the end of the week where the three winners from the polls in this income will take on tractor supply company, which was our income, uh, by week. So that'll be later this week. And then next week, we will have our grand finale of the growth versus income summer stock challenge. Uh, if you want to dive into a lot of these companies, because a lot of these are on our scorecard as official seven investing recommendations, you can subscribe to seven investing right now for just a dollar. You get your first week for just one buck. And that's at seveninvesting.com slash subscribe. So get in there. You get to really look into the leadership of these companies, where they've gone over time. Uh, the analysts do a great job of, of, you know, the advisors do a great job of, of really diving in, looking at the numbers, looking at the kind of story behind each of these stocks and, and helping you figure out what makes the most sense for your portfolio. So that's at seveninvesting.com slash subscribe. Simon, great to start the week with you with our uh, pizza and coffee break. I, I can't wait to see what we have for breakfast tomorrow. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We are 7Investing, and we are here to empower you to invest in your future. Have a great day, everyone.